Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are continuing to look at love through the eyes of Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. We were looking at number four of the six communication skills that the parrots say you need when our time ran out last week. Again, number four is apologize when necessary. True apologies in marriage can happen only when partners come to understand accountability. This is another way of saying that each of you must take responsibility for your own behavior, acknowledge your partner's point of view, and at times own up to things about yourself, frankly, you just don't like. Finally, it may mean making changes. All couples need a healing mechanism, a way to turn a new page in marriage, and knowing how and when to say you're sorry can make a big difference. Ask yourself when and how you apologize. Does one of you apologize more than the other? Do you use apologies to short-circuit or whitewash issues? Number five, power down and get offline. Several years ago, CNN published the results of a study that said that couples who engage in discussions with their phones nearby, even if neither is actually using it, report lower relationship quality and feel their partner is less empathetic to their concerns. This may be hard to hear, but research shows that our laptops, tablets, phones, and even smartwatches, and the social media platforms they support, have the potential to come between couples. So much so that comedian Will Ferrell says, Before you get married, ask yourself, Is this the person you want to watch stare at their phones the rest of your life? And consider this. 34% of couples admit to answering their phone during intimate moments. 20% of people would rather go shoeless for a week than take a break from their phones. 65% of people sleep next to their phones. Is it any wonder technology is keeping us from connecting? Experts point to the fact that our gadgets provide a sense of instant gratification that stimulates our brain's reward centers. We literally become addicted. Checking our phone becomes a compulsion. So what can you do? Well, for starters, phones are best kept out of sight and out of mind when you're having an important conversation, when you're sharing a meal, and when it's your date night. In other words, bite the bullet and turn it off. We know this is tough, but if you make a habit of doing it, you'll reap incredible conversations. Experts also recommend keeping and charging your gadgets in a room other than your bedroom so they don't crimp intimacy. The bottom line is that interacting without a phone nearby helps foster closeness, connectedness, interpersonal trust, and perceptions of empathy, the building blocks of good conversations. Number six, communicate through touch. In the last 20 years, we have recognized how much infants need to be held and touched. We now know that they cannot grow. They literally fail to thrive unless they experience physical and emotional closeness with another human being. 
What we don't often realize is that when we grow up, the need for physical connection does not go away. And when we meet this need for our spouses, we can increase the health of our marriages. Physical contact is a powerful means of communicating and a gentle and supportive way to nourish the spirit and convey positive emotions. In her book, Anatomy of Love, anthropologist Helen Fisher describes why touching is so powerful. Human skin is like a field of grass, each blade a nerve ending so sensitive that the slightest graze can etch into the human brain a memory of the moment. Technically speaking, Human skin is dotted with millions of nerve endings called touch receptors. And when you are touched, these receptors send messages to the brain. The brain, in turn, secretes chemicals appropriate to the situation. Imagine for a moment that you come home from a tough day, feeling tense, tired, and irritable. But then your partner wraps you in his or her arms and gives you a loving squeeze. That hug causes a rise in hemoglobin, a substance in the red blood cells that transports energizing oxygen throughout your body. Incredibly, that gentle hug or even a soft caress can cause a speeding heart to quiet, soaring blood pressure to drop, and severe pain to ease. You're probably saying, well, touching is one skill we don't have to learn. And you're probably right. Communicating through touch isn't an issue with most couples who are about to wed. Typically, they hug and kiss and hold hands whenever they're together. Typically, too, they assume that's how it will always be. And yes, in some marriages, the two partners do remain huggers and handholders throughout their lives. But in many other marriages, that early touching wanes especially after kids come along and the pace of life quickens, touching is often reserved for sex. Purely affectionate touching, except for little pats and quick kisses, may get left behind. To help sustain your high-touch relationship, talk about how touch was used in the homes you grew up in. Was your family high contact or low contact? All the research shows a direct relationship between how you experience touching as an adult and how often and in what ways you were touched as a child. You could discuss how to become more touch-oriented even if you grew up in a family that shunned physical contact. You might also explore each other's comfort zones. Both of you probably prefer different amounts and kinds of touching. For one of you, a soft touch on the hand may mean as much as a lingering embrace to another. And studies show that some men, when they feel insecure, interpret touching as a type of put-down rather than as a source of comfort. Given its potent impact on our lives, it's no wonder that touch is known as the mother of the senses. There is simply no better way to communicate the idea that you are not alone you're important, I'm sorry, or I love you. So the next time you're at a loss for words, remember, touching may be the best way of speaking to your partner. You'll recall from last week that the parrot's communication skill number three is understand and accept the differences between men and women. We talked about how generally women are good at what Deborah Tannen calls 
rapport talk, and men feel most comfortable with report talk. I want to shift gears from talking about communication and take a closer look at some of the differences between men and women. This is one of the key areas of my mutual understanding method. We won't go into as much detail as I usually do when I coach couples, but we'll definitely add to what we talked about last week. Regardless of what the popular press would like you to believe, men and women are very different. That's God's design. What's interesting is that in recent years, researchers have discovered that men and women have different biological, psychological, and professional realities. Biologically, among other things, women have larger connections between the two hemispheres of their brain and a tendency towards superior verbal ability. Men's greater brain hemisphere separation may contribute a slight tendency toward abstract reasoning and a superior capacity to mentally rotate objects in space. Psychologically, women frequently find their sense of identity through relationships and others. Men tend to find their sense of self through being separate. Professionally, men are often more focused on long-range goals. Women are frequently more attentive to the process by which those goals are achieved. The contrasts between men and women are sometimes so striking, one wonders how the attraction between them can be so strong. It's a puzzle humans have tried to solve for centuries. The story of creation underscores the fundamental fact of our need for each other because of our differences. Think about it for a minute. Adam lived in the only paradise that has ever existed on earth. He felt no pain. He shed no tears. Everything was perfect. And yet, according to the Genesis narrative, Adam was lonely. But notice, Adam didn't make the request for a helper fit for him. In other words, matching him. Adam didn't even realize he needed one. In Genesis 2.18 it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. God in effect said to him, For you to really be created in our image, you have to realize that you are designed for relationship, both a vertical and a horizontal one. And so far, Adam, you've only been able to experience the vertical. And then God created Eve. As we've said in previous broadcasts, the creation design formula changed when Eve was created. Prior to Eve, the animals, the birds, and yes, even Adam, were all created out of the dust of the ground. This is what I call the dirt design. And it seemed to be working out quite well. The animals were reproducing after their own kind. But when Eve was created, the dirt design was no longer adequate. If Eve had only been created so that she and Adam could reproduce after their own kind, then the dirt design would have been fine. But Eve wasn't created using the dirt design. She was created from Adam's rib. She's now bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. They were created to have and enjoy a relationship that no other part of creation could experience. 
There is an inherent completeness when a man and woman marry. Our partner makes up for what we lack. When we are discouraged, they are hopeful. Well, our time has gone for today. And as I close, I want to encourage you to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.